Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, alongside Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd, and Tom is MIA again. Tom, I don't know if I did anything to you, if Jay did anything, <laughs> if McLean said something wrong, but we apologize. We want you back. Please come back, Tom. But Tom is Tom is busy on the road selling bras and underwear. So uh, we do miss miss Tom this week, but we got a good show. The three of us are back at it from last week. Hopefully I have a little more energy and my intro was better, guys. I know Jay did a just bang up job on the intro <laughs> last week. He's one for one in his career. So, you know, that may be the last time that I ever do it. <laughs> <laughs> but we are back uh, kind of with live reactions. Um, we got a big, big show. I already had a number of text messages from people. It's a big show for us. I'm going to first come out with an apology, a mea culpa, to Mr. Tony Finau. <laughs> I, Tony, I gave you a lot of shit earlier in the year. Right when we started this podcast, you'd come top five every week, it seemed like, and you didn't win. And you got it done, pal. You got it done. Mr. Tony Finau wins the Northern Trust with a Monday finish today. Beats Cam Smith in a playoff. Cam gave it to him in the playoff, but he did beat Cam Smith. Gets his second win. First real win. Let's be honest. The other one was <laughs> an opposite field event in Puerto Rico, yeah. 2016. 1,900 days. 1,975 days since his last win. Almost 2,000 days. That's a long time, boys. That's a long. How many? What was the total on the top tens in between in between wins? Like 30. 30- was I it, used to have that right on the tip of my tongue, but it was it's probably close to 40. It was 37 at one point. I'm not sure if he got quite to 40, but he didn't play that great this summer. Um, kind of started rounding into form here, but he does get it done. I'll say one thing. This was really annoying. I thought the Monday finish was going to be cool until CBS here in Richmond decided to air the five o'clock news and turn the golf off. And I was like, <laughs> what? So I, I leave work. I go pick up my girls. I come home. I'm watching it for 10 minutes. I leave the room and come back. And I'm like, how the fuck's the news on? Where's the golf? I'm like, oh, maybe it went over to Golf Channel. Flipping a Golf Channel, and they're showing reruns of the Women's British. I was like, what the hell, CBS 6? Yeah. So I had to watch it on my phone a little bit, which is a pain in the ass. And then it came back on CBS. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch the end. Nope. Playoff starts. And the seven o'clock news comes on and they kick it back on. To the, I was like, this is so annoying. But again, so Tony does get it done. Hit some great shots. I thought down in, in the back nine in regulation, some clutch ones, huge, huge up and down par putt on 18 in regulation. When he hit that, that second shot in the bunker, I was like, oh no, Tony, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You know, I, I've given Tony a hard time, but I, I do like the guy. I, I did want him to win, even though my bit's over, but um took that you never see you never see guys miss you know like miss putts on the last hole to, like even cam smith you know blowing it out of bounds i mean you don't want to see a guy blow it out of bounds on the playoff hole you want i mean if another guy makes a birdie and wins that's fine but yeah exactly you never want to see a guy you know especially after the day he had yes was it yesterday he shot 60 or two days ago or, no i guess it was two days ago officially yeah saturday right? yeah I mean, third round. The guy almost shot fifty nine, and here he is in a playoff, and you know, blows it straight right out of bounds. I mean, um, I think more importantly, the biggest surprise was that John Rom was not 
in the winner's circle and was not in the playoff. I mean, through the first two or three rounds, I, I, the guy was, he looked like a robot. Um, uh, where did he drive it on 18? We were doing dinner with the family and all this jazz right when that was going on. And I come back in and I saw him hit his second shot. And then they said, John Rob's not going to win. And he's putting for par. I missed that. Where did he hit that drive? He hit it in the uh, left fairway bunker. He just had to pitch it out. Had to pitch out. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to go with this, right? Because I thought Rom was going to win. At least after the front nine, the way it was going, I, I missed yeah. a, a little bit of the front nine at work. And then I was like, at one point, I think he had a two-shot lead. And I just like, okay, well, Rom's just got this thing on cruise control. The guy's been playing awesome for months. It's over. He's, he, it's over. You know, Cam Smith made that early, early double, hits it in the water on five. And I was like, okay, it's over. And then especially he birdies – what he birdied 12 and 13 he stuffed one on 12 birdies a par five but then he hit some really bad shots the last five or six holes yeah um, just he missed the fairway on on 15 makes bogey 16 the drivable hole hits it just off the green doesn't get up and down hits a, a bad pitch shot there drives it poor on on 17 hits it in the green side bunker drives it poor on 18 so that was kind of really surprising to see rom you know, go two over those last four holes there and, and fall on his face. And then, but Cam Smith, I thought he was out of it and he shoots a back nine 31 and just sneak. I wasn't even paying attention to where he was. And they're like on 17, yeah. they're like, Oh yeah, he's got this putt the tie for the lead. I'm like, wait a minute. what? <laughs> uh, you know? So it was, it was a pretty good, pretty good little back nine there. It looked like John Rom let his attitude get in the way a little bit uh, late on the back nine. Um, and I think that is something, obviously, we all know that he has dealt with previously. But I think ultimately it just goes to show that it's still going to, it's still going to rear up on him, especially in times um, of the back nine of the tournament. You've been in contention. He pretty much expected to win. And all of a sudden it started getting away from him. And he wasn't able to get it back. And I think until he learns how to control um, his emotion, he's not going to be able to falter late and recover. Uh, he can outright win golf tournaments. We know he's going to win golf tournaments. You know he's going to do well. But the difference between some of the greats and some of the guys who won some tournaments was how they dealt with that adversity, especially late. Because, you know, it's like not that it ever really happened, but Tiger was the best at having blinders on. Whatever happened on the hole previous is absolutely gone, and I'm going on the next hole. Now, is it unfair to relate anybody to Tiger Woods? Without question. But at the same time, if you look back at some of the greats, and especially some of the veterans out there, they're able to make a bogey or a bad swing and recover from it and keep moving. It seemed like once he got a little bit under his skin, he started making bad swing after bad swing and just just getting to the point where it was visible, even for someone watching on TV. Well, and he made comments, too. I just saw a quick uh, snippet of his interview after the round, and you could tell he was still pretty pissed off about 15. He was like, I didn't hit a bad shot on that hole and made a bogey. He was like, I hit it in that fairway bunker two years ago. You know, he was in contention to win at Liberty National two years ago when they had the event here. And he made a late bogey on 15, did the same thing, hit it in the same bunker. And so, yeah, you could tell it was still, you know, chapping his ass um, after the round that, that that one hole is, you know, felt like it snake bit him. He's got to be better. And, and Jay can relate to this. Jay's played at a very high level and <laughs> he knows, he knows very well. 
you've got to be able to put the bad stuff behind you. It's going to happen. The crazy part about it is that you don't know when it's going to happen. It's rare. I mean, how many times do you guys go? Have they gone a week on the PGA tour without making a bogey? I don't remember what it is, but it's, yeah. it's, it's happened like a, a very small handful of times. Yeah. So we understand that there's going to be bogeys made for the most part. It's just when it happens, it's for a lot of guys, it might not be till the back nine on Friday and you fucking hope like hell it isn't because you're probably in contention if that's the case. Right. But yeah. you have to know how to deal with them when they come be it Thursday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and sure as shit, Sunday afternoon, especially if you're in contention, because for him, he dropped that one shot and dropped, fell out of the lead for the first time since Thursday. But then all of a sudden he was never back in the golf tournament after that. Yeah, it, no, that, that, I think you made a good point. I mean, if you know, you're, you're right. You never know when things are going to just start to kind of fall apart and the wheels fall off. And it's like, how good are you at, you know, getting riding the ship, you know, and that's where you, Again, you know, we're comparing the greatest of all time, but that's why they're so good. Like Tiger, Jack Nicholas, these guys, you know, Ben Hogan, they were so good at, you know, self-correction and they were able to kind of fix those, uh, those misses quickly on the golf course to where it didn't, it didn't hurt them. You know, they didn't have these nine hole, 18 hole stretches where they just had no clue what was going on. It may be like one or two shots in the middle of a round and they could correct and fix and move on and keep their confidence up where, I mean, you know, you can see some of these guys, like you said, Cam Smith had, uh, you know, the front nine where he had a couple of bad holes and made a double early, but I mean, he was able to correct it on the back nine and bring it back. Obviously he didn't make a great swing on, on the playoff, but that's why those guys, you know, Cam Smith has been in the top, you know, top of the leaderboard for the last two months. I mean, he's been up there quite a bit. Um, so he's obviously yeah. doing something. He's doing something well. And I think a lot of it comes down to, like you said, you, you, you have that confidence, but you're also, you're able to, to fix the, you know, the, the miss really quickly on the golf course in real time. Like you don't have to get back to the range. You don't have to wait for your coach or your teacher to tell you, you know what it is like, Oh, I blocked that ball way. Right. I can fix that. I can do that on the next hole. I can, I can get it, get it dialed in and keep rolling. Um, but I don't, I've been, I've been there where you, <laughs> where you're swinging and, and you're like, Oh my God, you can you could tell right away and it comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh God, I don't have a freaking clue where this ball's going. It's like you're like, please help me. And if you're playing poorly and missing the cut, you don't care. But if you're in the middle of the if you're if you're trying to win a golf tournament and that happens, it's like Harris English, like a couple of weeks ago when he had those two like shanks where he shanked it in the water. It's like, I mean, I'm sure he probably felt the same way. He's like, Man, I've been playing so great, and all of a sudden you know, hit this one really bad shot and now it's hard to get it out of your head. And like you start hitting some of these really, really bad shots. You're like, Oh God. Um, stuff. No, I'm with it. Well, and you know, you're exactly right. He has been playing a lot of good golf, but, and well, without getting in front of myself, one, I really like his golf swing. However, it has a lot to do with timing and he drove the ball great down the stretch of regulation. But at the same time, he even looked not almost. Are we talking camera? Are we talking camera? Okay. Cam Smith. Yeah. Not necessarily surprised, but he stood over that ball and he held that finished a while. It was, it, it just didn't look as comfortable, but when you look at his backswing, you know, he kind of gets it up there and then all of a sudden kind of throws a little bit 
almost to the inside and down, gets that wrist hinge. He he increases his wrist wrist hinge very late in his golf swing. That is something that requires impeccable timing. And when yeah. it's under the gun, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to be said. People talk about timing under the gun. The more timing is an issue, the harder it is to perform under the gun. I'm not saying that's what happened, but there's certainly an argument to be made with the amount that he relies on timing that swing up perfect, especially with the driver. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not going to go out and say it's a hitch, but it looks like he gets up there and you're like, oh, that's a good golf swing. And then there's all of a sudden, like you said, this late wrist movement gets the club a little across the line and drops it. Then, you know, almost Sergio's it with the lag on the downswing. And you're like, oh, well, OK, well, he hits it pretty good. So I guess it's fine. But it's like Part if he loves it. Yeah. If he stopped just like a hair sooner on the backswing, it would be like perfectly down the line. And you're like, oh, that's money. Yeah. But yeah. You know, just there's a lot of timing involved in that golf swing. I agree 100%. He does. He gets the gets the club inside on the way back, and then and it gets it across the line late. So it's one thing you get guys, you see guys that get it steep early, and then they shallow early. And Mike, you can you can probably relate to this, you know, because you're you're teaching all the time. But guys get it steep early, and then they shallow early, and it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's it's natural motion, so they have plenty of time to square that face up. But you take a guy who gets it in inside early and then and then across the line late. And then it's all they're shallowing and squaring so much on the downswing. And he's not a big guy, not creating a whole lot of width in the backswing either. So that's a lot of timing for that face, you know, and that short, short span of time on the downswing. So, I mean, here we are analyzing a guy who just shot 20 under. But but, you know. That's what we're here to do. I mean, yeah, he's only made you know, probably that, like four million dollars in the past thirty days. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I mean, it's definitely something that you notice. I mean, I've always noticed that about his swing. It, it you, you look like he's either going to hit a big quack hook or a fifty-yard block, like at any given time. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, That's exactly and that what shot I see. he hit was not close. It was way the fuck out of bounds. The second one almost. The second one almost went out of bounds too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're right, Shay. He he has the again. I'm gonna this is gonna sound dumb, but the amateur esque shallow steep, like you said, where most guys go steep shallow. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Good ball strikers steep on the backswing, shallow on the downswing. Yeah. Um. And he's shallow early, steep, and then he's steep, steep late, and then, and then he and then he does some work to, to really shallow it again late. Which amateurs yeah. don't do or don't have the the ability to do that like he does, but again, it's all it's all timing. So, yeah. um, but let's we got to talk about Tony a little bit. We got we've, we've talked about Rom and Cam. Let's let's talk about Tony, the winner. The guy deserves his due. You know, ever since Jay beat him in the big break, it's just thrown <laughs> him for a loop. <laughs> that's I'm sure that's what that's what did it for him. I'm pretty so, sure you came to he was walking up 18 in the playoff, and I think he was thinking about you, Jay. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> he was like, Man, this is my chance to get over that big break loss. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's probably what he was thinking. Um so that you, that and the 40 million dollars that he's won in between that time span or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um uh, but no, you gotta you gotta give it to the guy. He is a class act. He's a great guy from everything you hear. And, and Jay, you know him personally. We don't. But he, he seems as genuine and as nice as um, he he is on camera. It, it sounds like he is like that in person. And he's 
handled all the questions he's gotten from the media and all this time of when he's going to win. Can he pull it off? And like you said earlier, he, he went out and he won, right? He shot 30 on the back nine. Yeah. He hit some good shots. Yeah, Cam hit the bad shot in the playoff, but he hit some good shots down the stretch, made a couple of good putts. I mean, he that long putt he made on 14. Um, and, you know, that's his that's his tough, I don't know, his weakest area of his of his game, of his putting. And so, yeah. again, it, it was good to see him get it. You know, you heard uh, Nance, of course, the, the typical, oh, now the floodgates are going to open and he's going to win a whole bunch, <laughs> which they always say about people in this kind of situation. When somebody wins yeah. one, they think they're going to win them all. And if, if they all win them all, then they're not, it's, it's not possible. So, yeah, that's um, right. you know, but I, I don't know. It's just good to, good to see him get it done. Hey, we'll get to this in a second, but it, it's, we got some Ryder Cup implications from, today in a couple instances but um anyways i I just wanted to make sure we we did touch on tony a little well, bit more let, let's go a little bit more into this though because I, I i couldn't be happier for the guy i think he's a fantastic uh ambassador for golf i think you guys are exactly right the guy he is on camera is the same guy he is off camera um really good guy i think he's great for the sport i think he's a great role model for our youth in the game um, at the same time, when we're, when we're getting back to it and we look at the playoff, this is obviously a fictitious scenario, but does he win if Cam Smith hits that ball straight down the middle? If Tony had to make a putt to extend the match or to extend the playoff, if he had to get up and down, now his chipping is fantastic. So maybe maybe up and down is not correct. But we know putting's been an a, an issue of his, especially late in golf tournaments. And again, couldn't be happier for him that he's broken through. I really hope the floodgates do open for the guy. Uh, I think he deserves it. Again, his success is success for the game of yeah. golf, and that's fantastic. But at the same time, if we're going to break it down a little bit, does he still win if he had to putt to make it happen? I think he does. Yeah. I think I think he was feeling good. I mean, he he stepped up on that playoff hole and he just hammered that ball down the middle of the fairway. And again, it's not that's not the answering your question of does he make a putt, but he had his chance to he gag. Made, he got up and down and made a great six footer on the last hole to get into the playoff. Yeah. He did shoot 30 or 31 on the back nine. So great. Argument. I mean, you know, the, people always say that. You know, if if they're if they're not known for being like a clutch putter, they're like, oh, somebody gave it to him. I'm like, well, I mean, he shot 65 on Sunday. I mean, it all comes down to performing under pressure, and and by all means, he performed under pressure. He did exactly what he needed to do to win the tournament. The other guy didn't, um, so that's part of it. So, I mean, go back and look at how many times Tigers won golf tournaments without uh, by watching people just fold uh, under question. the pressure of. I mean, there's very few times. I mean, I mean, look at the the 14 or the 15 majors that he won. He led going into the final round every single one of them. Um, Who did you have going into the playoff? Were you thinking it was for sure Finau, or were you feeling God, not another second for Tony? No, I thought, when he I, made, I'll be honest with you. I thought Cam Smith was almost a formality i was saying god not another second for tony because cam smith looked so good down the stretch and yeah. that was the amount of golf that i saw late i picked it up pretty late so i yeah i didn't i didn't know i was i was i, I did like the fact that he made that good up and down on 18 and that 
sometimes making a pressure putt like that, even though it's for par and getting up and down, it just frees you up a little bit. So he gets on the next tee thinking, you know what? Let's just hammer this. If I miss it a little left in the rough or if I get in that bunker and I got to pitch it out, I can get up and down. I can do it, you know? So, you know, I was, I was not a hundred percent certain. I mean, there would be no reason for me to say that he's only won one time on the PJ tour, but I mean, he's obviously got all the tools and he's been playing great. At least this tournament, obviously been playing great. So, um, and and when, and in the day he got it done. Yeah. I, I mean, I I thought he was going to win again. I wasn't, I was no way that I think it was a hundred percent. I just had this like feeling. I was like, I think this is finally his time. Yeah. He kind of looked a little, his, his body language is a little bit better. You know, like, let's just go back to when he was in the playoff at Riviera against Max Homa earlier in the year. I don't know. He just, he just seemed like he was walking a little bit better. He was carrying himself a little bit more confidently. Yeah. I think he was feeling himself like, I'm playing really freaking well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Cam was going to have to go do something special to beat him is kind of how I thought he, again, would I have been surprised if he lost the playoff? No. But I had this gut feeling. Yeah. Um, I will say one one critique of him, he hasn't solved his Sunday scaries. Because today was Monday. <laughs> That's right. So maybe we just need more Monday finishes for Tony and he'll get yes. it done. Somebody just sent me a message and said, how about Tony finally getting it done? And then another guy texted and said, uh, still can't get it done on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Tony would, uh, is fine with the Monday finish. Yeah. If it went to Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't think he would care. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I had another thought that I was going to say, but I lost it. So (laughs) it's gone. It's gone. These oh. thoughts are so fleeting sometimes. Uh, very. <laughs> so, anyways, I thought it was a fun event. Golf course looked awesome, better than I had remembered it. The place looks great. I mean, the views are incredible. Just incredible. I mean, I've never played the golf course. I mean, I know the history and how it was like condemned land and uh and and all that. And it took it was just you know, the amount of money that it took to to make it uh to make the course and to make it uh, a safe place for people to play is just incredible, but it's certainly worth it with the views. Yeah. Those um, views are spectacular. I thought CBS did a good job with some of the camera angles and the drones yeah, and was cool. uh, even, even Lindy looked up a couple of times today and she was like, wow, that's a really pretty view of the statue of Liberty. And yeah, Tony, Tony was putting on, I forget what hole it was. Maybe it was at par three fourteen or uh, in the you know skylines in, in the background. So yeah. yeah, pretty, pretty cool spot. So, so this was, I guess, the first leg of the playoffs, cutting down to 70. A little shout-out to Keith Mitchell. I don't know if you saw this. He was outside of the number and goes birdie, birdie, birdie to finish to get inside the number. He's a baller. That's pretty what a, impressive. What a total bro move. How about him with it all buttoned down? The the uh, <laughs> the, the Collar shirt with he's got all buttons undone, just letting it all hang out. I love it. Well, I mean, he <laughs> did he did just partner up this week with Harry Higgs in yeah. the uh in their little match against Joel Damon and, and Phil Mickelson. So him and Harry, uh, I guess they don't like using those buttons that they give him on the yeah. shirts. Just let it all hang out. Let man. it let it flow. In there. But Pat <laughs> Pat Perez was playing with Keith Mitchell, and every time they showed him make a birdie, I think Pat was more excited than Keith. He was <laughs> all jacked right. up. 
Pat even even photobombed the the interview afterwards. He was all just still all jacked up for Keith Mitchell. So well, Pat just had a, a baby born this week, and he did. this trip extended, especially with the uh, Monday finish. It extended him getting <laughs> getting to go meet his new child. Yeah. Um, wow. so he, he, Pat missed out by a few spots for next week. So he unfortunately, or fortunately can go home and, and spend some time with his, his new baby and, and his family. So, uh, good on, good on Pat. But so what is, I want your guys take, and I'm going to read this. So FedEx cup playoffs, Rom made some comments and that stirred on, you know, the guys in the media, the golf channel. And then I think it was Eamon Lynch with golf week wrote an article about the format for the FedEx cup playoffs of so three events. So it used to be four, it's down to three, you know, your, your season total points get you one twenty five, get you in then 70, then 30, you know, these, these events are, are weighted pretty heavily. And then you get to the tour championship and it's like we joked before, it's a net event. The number one player in the FedEx Cup starts the week at 10 under. Number two is at eight under, and it kind of goes down from there. And so Rom came out this week and made some comments. And I don't know if I really agree with him. I, I, I agree with him that I don't think I'm crazy about the format, but not for his reasoning. So he says um, they have to understand golf a little, little bit different. You could win 15 events, including both playoff events, and you have a two-shot lead, but over four days, that could be gone in two holes. So his take is it doesn't give the number one player in the world enough of a lead or enough of a benefit for all the hard work going in. He's like, I don't like it. I don't think it's fair. Um, da 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 does not give it enough of an advantage for the leader, which I I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, what are you going to do? Right. And so my whole thing is golf is weird, right? It's not like team sports and I'll use, I'll use my Patriots as an example In every other sport, you're essentially starting at scratch once you get into the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So the best team may not win the championship. And so my Patriots back in, 2007 goes 16 and 0, best team in football. They make it yeah. to the Super Bowl and they lose. They lost the game. One game, they lose. Great. You had an unbelievable season, but the Giants are Super Bowl champions. And so, do you do something like that? And the tour's trying to go to the format of protecting the big names, protecting the, the stars of the game, and make sure that if, if they're number one for all their season's worth of work, that they have the best shot of winning the FedEx Cup. So it's not a true playoffs like you see. I mean, look at the NBA final or NBA playoffs this year. All the top dogs, for the most part, got knocked out. You know, the top three or four teams. You know, you can say what you want about Milwaukee, but they weren't even the number one team in the Eastern Conference. You know, Brooklyn was. So it's like the number one guy can get, gets knocked out all the time in other sports. So yeah, I, I think the I think the biggest difference uh, is those team sp- sports playoffs. It's a uh, you know, football, basketball, baseball, it's a, it's a one-on-one match. It's one team versus another team, but in golf, there's no one-on-one it's all versus all. So it's really hard to handicap that. Yes. You've had a great season. Um, but if you, if you keep it in the spirit of the playoffs, yes, your advantages, you know, for 
you know, say the Patriots won the, you know, best record in the, in the league. Okay. You get a buy, but so do, you know, so do three other teams. Um, so, you know, you can, you can maybe give them, I mean, some type of leg up moving into the, the final, the final tournament, but at this, at the end of the day, it's, it's gotta be the guy who plays the best at the end. Now I, I, I will say that I don't love giving them a, uh, you know, giving the stroke advantage. I think it's weird. I think they can come up with something better than that, but it's be- it's the best that they've done so far. Because let's be honest, I mean, if you've got guys who are playing well leading up to, and I say this meaning they've in the previous FedEx Cup playoff events, if they've played well, say you've won two FedEx Cup playoff events uh, leading up to leading up to the final in the you know in the past, you know, you could have locked up the the final the FedEx Cup point with FedEx, the FedEx Cup title without even playing in the final event, which just, and I get it. It, it adds to, it, it diminishes the, the thrill of watching the event, you know, and then you've got two different winners. You've got a winner for the FedEx Cup point and a winner for the tour championship. That happened a couple of times where Tiger had already locked up or maybe VJ had already locked up the FedEx and they didn't need to win the event to win the, to win the FedEx cup. And that's, that's, that's no fun. Nobody wants to watch like, Oh, here's, you know, Tyree wins the FedEx cup point finishes 10th in the tour championship. Way to go. You won $10 million. And it just takes away from the thrill. So, you know, just to recap, I don't think it's perfect, but I honestly think it's the best system that we've got yet. I don't love that. You give guys like a head start at the beginning of the week, but it, I do like having the winner of the tour championship win the FedEx cup points. Yeah. And that's FedEx what they're cup trying title. to, that's what they're trying to guard against where you have a winner of the tournament and a winner of the FedEx cup being two different people. Yeah. They want the winner of the FedEx cup to win the tour championship. Yeah. It's, I think it, it makes it more, it's makes it exciting. Like, um, like whoever wins that tournament, they're going to win $12 million essentially. You so know, McLean- that's what makes it fun. But I, I don't, I honestly, I don't, no, I've thought about this a bunch of, over the last two years since they changed it, and I just can't think of I can't think of something that that works better. And I don't like giving anybody strokes. I think it's weird, but I just don't know how else you would you would do it. So, McLean, I want to hear your thoughts, and I'm going to give you what Eamon Lynch's take was. If you didn't read his article, kind of interesting. I'm not sure you guys will like it. I know Jay probably won't like it. I thought it was interesting, but I want your take first, McLean. The challenge here is how do you keep it interesting for the viewership? How do you keep it interesting for TV? That's what the PGA Tours challenge truly is. While awarding the best play over the course of the year and making it fair to the big names. And I'm not sure there's a perfect answer, but at the end of the day, what's going to win out is what is the most entertaining version for TV. Because no matter how you start awarding the players, if you lose your viewership, the event's the event's not a success in the in the eyes of the PGA Tour, in the eyes of the revenue that's created, which we all know is what everything revolves around. Right? Yes, hundred percent. So no matter if it's fair to the players, and and John Rom says, all right, so he should start with a ten stroke lead. Let me tell you what tournament I'm not tuning into. Yeah, that's the thing about Rom. I don't, I don't agree with that. You already get a lead. Like, it's not. What more do you? What more do you want? Like, yeah, you know, I think the benefit comes to the amount of money that you won. Yeah, and I think there should be a regular season money list bonus. I love that. 
I and love then that. you go into the playoffs and everyone is still starting. You can still limit the fields because you'll still have the big names there, the guys that have played well for the most part, all at your event. So you can still limit the size of the field, but they all need to start at scratch. This isn't mm-hmm. a fucking net event. Like Mikey said, this is the PGA Tour. Um, yeah. And I want to mm-hmm. see a drama event and, and award a different winner, but make the regular season award prior to the FedEx Cup. Start start the FedEx Cup after that, and it could maybe even be a week break, for example, and then roll into a three-tournament series that um, you then go through the, the playoff series. But there's a regular season award. There's a monetary benefit that you won. You already won most the most money, presumably. And at yeah. the same time, there's another million dollar, two million dollar FedEx money list bonus, something from that standpoint. But handicapping the season or handicapping the tour championship, it to me it's it's grasping at straws. It's trying to come up with something. It's not necessarily something I think is good for the sport, and it certainly doesn't make it more entertaining for the viewership. Um, I have no interest in trying to even keep up with the math i mean it, it's pretty quick it's pretty easy once it start once it gets going but when you're looking at the first round you're like what the fuck's going on this guy's 10 under through two yeah yeah, yeah it's it, weird it's just, just really it, weird i don't know i i've just not been a fan of it and maybe i'm not looking at it the correct way and you know, i don't mean to just make light of the situation but at the same time it's uh i don't think it's the answer i don't know that they've found it yet i'm not saying my idea is the answer but it's something that i think stays more true to the game of golf yeah so i I like that idea and they they have some sort of like some stupid like comcast business top 10 something or other but i think patrick cantley won that but even though colin morikawa was number one in fedex cup points i don't even know what that list and there's some sort of there's some sort of, there used to be, I don't know if they do it anymore, the Wyndham rewards, but I do like the idea of having a monetary bonus to these guys for the regular season performance. So it's what top five or top 10, even, I mean, yeah, figure out it'll what, make what these guys play it. some of the big time guys play and like the Wyndham and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Wyndham. so what, what Eamon Lynch is proposing, I think he's a fantastic golf writer for golf week. He's on the uh, golf channel a lot. So his take is kind of spawned off of the seven-man playoff for bronze at the Olympics. He thought that was wildly entertaining, and everyone was talking about it, and no one and ever has golf been so interested in who comes in third, right? And so his take was you get 125 guys qualify for the playoffs. They play this event, the Northern Trust, no cut. Everyone starts at zero points. For the playoffs, mm-hmm. you play all, all 125 guys play all four rounds and the top 70 guys in the event move on. So if there is six way tie for 70th, those guys are going out for a six for one playoff to get into the BMW this week. You then play 70 guys again at everyone's back at zero. You're just playing your four rounds, 70 guys. Top 30 guys in the leaderboard advance. So if there's a tie and it's five for two spots to get into the tour championship, and then you play the tour championship, and the guy who wins that wins the whole thing. I mean, I that's really essentially like that. Q school. But I mean, here's that's, what, yeah, I mean, that's here's what, what we Q guarantee, though. We guarantee now, virtually guarantee three straight playoffs. At the end of the event, I'm sticking around to watch that. I don't care if it's 
three guys playing to win the golf tournament or seven guys playing to go. That to me has a lot of interest. And I think it that is. brings a lot of players in Sunday afternoon in terms of um, fan fans, I should say. But I, I mean, I, that in theory, that sounds great for the golf purist, like let you, you know, just qualify, you know, because mo- a lot of those guys haven't had to to deal with that. Didn't haven't had to do Monday qualifiers, haven't had to do, Q school. So that's essentially what it is. You know, it's like you qualify each week to get to the next round and it's, it does sound great. I think I would love to see these guys do it. Um, but now you pose the threat of, you know, jo- uh, John Rahm, not making it Dustin Johnson, not making it Jordan Spieth, not making it. And now you're left with, you know, 70 and 30 guys that nobody knows about on that, on that final tour championship. Tournament. Oh, it's not the ranking. Like, no, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about in terms of it's a, it's all about money and people watching. So if you go, come to the tour championship on Sunday and you've got 30 guys and only five of them are ranked in the top 25, nobody's watching it. Nobody wants to watch Keith Mitchell. I, I mean, Keith Mitchell is awesome, but nobody's going to. I was going to use. Stay. I was going to use him as an example. Yeah, you yeah, can have a Keith gonna, Mitchell. Nobody's going to watch that on Sunday. I mean, not not to say that I can't change, but as of right now. Like Keith, Keith Mitchell is not a household name and they're not going to stick around to see if he wins the tour championship. They're going to be like, Oh, I don't know any of these guys. I don't know these guys. So I don't know their backstory. Um, you know, now that could change if, 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 you know, the, if the uh, TV networks, did a really good job of, you know, giving a backstory of all these players. So people knew who they were, but you know, like, you know, you know how TV ratings go when the top oh, yeah, guys are in the mix, they, they, people watch. And, and that makes a lot of the decisions is tv 100%. and the money and the contracts right and and cbs and nbc executives and be like wait a minute like so dj would have been knocked out this week yeah so i misunderstood well, more knocked out this week Colin more knocked out this week right um yeah so mclean it was you start at scratch each week so everyone's at z- there's no more points you get you get into the playoffs based off of your points but then there's no points after that it's just where your standing is on the leaderboard for that event so you play all four rounds in the Northern Trust. If you don't come in the top 70, you don't move on. So Adam Scott's out. DJ's out. Uh, Morikawa's out. Ryan Palmer's out. Um, and everyone's <laughs> tuning in to watch him. You know, but you know what? Terrell Hatton, I don't know. I don't out. Know. That, to me, becomes the most similar to the remainder of sports and their yes. playoff system. Yeah. It it does, but in a, in the sense again, it's just you've got one team versus one team, so it's just it, the dynamics just a little different. It's like okay, can I just beat this one team to move on to the next to the next level? But in golf, it's like okay, I'm beating. I got to beat seventy other guys, you know, thirty other guys, or however until you keep narrowing down. And then again, it really just comes down to TV. So the playoffs in NFL are gonna they're gonna because there's so many fans of that team, it doesn't matter. People are going to watch. Um, but if all of a sudden you get, again, in the tour championship, you got, say you have 25 of the 30 guys that are outside of the top 50 in the world. People are not tuning into that. I can guarantee it. I mean, you don't want to watch, you don't want to watch Alex Norton and Tom Hoagie go at it. And, that, that's uh, East I mean. Lake. And no, Hoagie, I'm, I'm more power to him. He's had a great like last two or three years. He's uh, he's yes. a journeyman and he's he's it's been pretty incredible to watch. But 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. If you're like a golf purist, like you want to see the guys really struggle, these big time guys struggle, not struggle, but have a little more pressure put on them, have more pressure put on them. Then, yeah, I mean, you know, it could be could be fun to watch that. Um, But if you had two more normal events and then you have one four day event where you do that over four days, you drop thirty a day or whatever it is, average round, every round. Every round, oh wow, that's that's tough. I like that. I don't know. I think if that event, were the that's case, a tour championship. You just and there's a little monetary bonus for every round that you make it to. If you make it to the end, the last twenty five guys or whatever it is, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a way to spice it up without making it to where you lose a top player for a couple of weeks. Uh, but at the same time, you still could have some sort of playoff every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's it's really similar. This is going to be a weird analogy, but to, to NASCAR, right? Because NASCAR is kind of the same kind of thing as golf, where like you're saying, Jay, every other sport is yeah. is team versus team, knockout style, yeah, right. Where NASCAR and golf, it's season long points. You qualify for the playoffs, and then your it's your whole season performance is factoring into. Not just getting into the playoff, but actually winning the whole thing. Well, yeah. Well, did they? I mean, this is that whole FedEx Cup points thing that they're doing. That's that stemmed from from NASCAR. I mean, they 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 try to model it after that, right? I mean, that's why it even came Good, about. Yeah. I mean, I know they had to make some changes to it, but I think that's why they even they came up with something like a season long race that they never had, and that was the best the best comparison. Um, and I don't honestly don't know enough about how the the NASCAR the points race is set up and how people are eliminated. Uh, so I wouldn't, I, I don't want to sound like an idiot here trying to comment on it. And I have no clue. No, I don't, I don't know either, yeah. but, but I, I'm almost certain that that was how it, how that FedEx cup, the FedEx cup point uh, points race even came, came to be there. They could, they modeled it after, after what they were doing. And I know it's changed a, a bunch. Both of them have changed a little bit as they've gone, but it's tough. I mean, it's different, you know, it's like I said, it's hard to, it's not really, you know, it's not one v one. You know, like all other team sports, it is. It is a little di- different dynamic. And again, they the PJ Tour makes their money on the characters that they produce. So I hate to say it, but they do everything that they can to try to keep these well known characters, these the stars. Say, stars. I was going to say puppets. I don't want to use that word, but. I mean, essentially, it's like, what can we do to keep all these people in in the mix? All the people that people like, like Ricky Fowler, and you know, he's not playing well, but let's put him on TV. People want to watch him; they like him. So, what do we have to do to make sure that we're always producing this the, product that people cast. want to watch? It's a production. It's a TV production. It, it, They're the it cast. Is. It is a hundred percent. I mean. They know who people want to watch, regardless of how they're playing. I mean, how many times did Tiger was people want to watch Tiger struggle? They just want to watch him, you know, when he's falling on his knees and you know withdrawing, and they're showing every shot. And I'm no different. I wanted to. I was watching every second of it. You yeah. know. So, I mean, it's it's money first. It's production. It's what are we going to do? How are we going to keep this product up? Because they're trying to appease to certain sponsors. And if you're is Coca-Cola still the sponsor of the, the tournament champions or the tour championship? I think so. Or they're heavily involved there. Yeah. If, if they told, if, they, if the PGA tour said, Hey, we're switching this new format, it's just going to be everyone qualifies. And they said, you know, we could get so-and-so in the, you know, in the top 30 and may not be a whole lot of stars. They'd be like, no, 
I'm not doing that. I'm not giving you however much money they give for you not to have the top guys in there because it doesn't give them the brand visibility that they want. So, and I don't blame them, you know? So that's why they're trying to, it's like that give and take with the PGA tour. Like we've got to have these stars playing to keep these sponsors. Um, so it, that's tough. It's a tough, whereas like NFL, they don't care. It's like the best, the best team is going to, is going to play no matter what. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm with you. I don't know if there's a perfect solution. I'm not sure I'm crazy about what the current setup yeah. is, it's but weird. it's just, just weird. Odd. So again, I, I don't know if it's a perfect way to do it. I would rather I don't know. I'd Big love f- a head start. <laughs> I'd love a 10 shot head start with teeing it up. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be gone by whole five for me, but it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> and your and your FedEx leader is now dropped back to 20th place. <laughs> um, so let's let's get into this little more Ryder, Ryder Cup discussion. We had one last week, and I think we're pretty much going to have one every week until this team is solidified and picked because with Finau's victory, and I pulled the rankings here, he now gets into an automatically qualified position. Right? He, <laughs> was, he wasn't even a dead set you know, pick on some of our teams last week when we were talking, it was a question mark. Well, he's now number six with the win. Morikawa and DJ are officially qualified on points. They can't, they can't get knocked out. You still got Bryson Brooks, JT Finau are now the, the sixth, if it ended today, that would, would automatically get in. So that pushes Xander out of the top six. He now would have to become a captain's pick, which he's going to be a captain's pick. Right, so where's, you got where's Spieth? Spieth dropped a spot. He's eighth. Eighth. How about this? What? I'm but this wait, what, real fast, real fast. Okay. But the other wrench is Patrick Reed. He dropped out of this week's event with a knee injury. He's now currently in the hospital with bilateral pneumonia. It came out today. He what? is not. He's not in the BMW. They're supposed to get him out of the hospital today or tomorrow. It sounds like he's going to be okay, but I don't know what that means, whether with his knee and his health, he might not be available for the Ryder Cup, or you might not want to pick him for the Ryder Cup if he's not touching a club for a couple of weeks and not healthy. So that puts a huge, you know, that was someone that we pretty much was thought was a guaranteed captain's pick. Yeah. Um. You know, I was I was just based on what we were talking about with uh, Bryson, and he's just been playing seems like so poorly as of late. Um, I don't know if he'll turn it around, but what if Bryson, if say Kepka, Thomas, Finau, Shoffley, and Spieth all play great these next two rounds and bump him out to seventh place? He's not a guaranteed. Do you still? Is he still a captain's pick? Say he misses the next, say he doesn't qualify, you know, this week for the tour championship and doesn't really get any points. And these other guys have great weeks. And bump, I mean, it's, it's, it would be, a, it would be a long shot to bump. Yeah, it'd be out. a long shot. Let's look at the points. I mean, he's got a 3,500 point lead over Speeth. I'm not sure exactly how they give out the points, but that seems like a lot. But, yeah. Um, but if Thena wins again and Shoffley is up in contention, and these other guys play well. I mean, they just, I mean, I hate the guys. I hate the guy, so I wouldn't pick him. <laughs> but if he's, I mean, he's not playing well. He's not all. playing well, and he's a douche. 
<laughs> half his half his teammates don't like him, so I wouldn't pick him. Oh, that would be tough. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. You never no. know. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys here that uh, you know. Yeah, you're right. If Patrick Reed isn't, doesn't play. I mean, I mean, he, there's no way you pick this guy. No, no I mean way. he's really? he's definitely he's out. Not, the- though. Do you, you don't want him on your team if he if he's in form? Yeah, but is no, he no, gonna I'm, be in form? Well, that's what I mean. No, since I mean if he's really if he's really struggling, you know, he if he doesn't play the next two weeks, gosh, I mean that's yeah, I'll give it that's that. Tough. If he's actually sick, that's a different story. I don't want him yeah, yeah. for a week. No, no, if he's healthy, played, if he's healthy, absolutely. This guy's gotta be on the team. Yeah. But that's I mean, that was uh, this is unforeseen. I think everyone was like, Oh yeah, even if he doesn't qualify, he's gonna get yeah. picked. Yeah, but if you take an unhealthy Patrick Reed at you know tenth or eleventh, you know, or is that? Is you know, that that's the thing. I, I think you know our consensus at least last week was you had the top six, and then we were all saying definitely Spieth, definitely Reed, and then you know the other four could be debatable here or there. But now you take him out of the equation, he seemed like an an unofficial automatic qualifier to me. Yeah, and so I'm trying to even look to see where he is on the FedEx Cup list, because if he doesn't play the BMW. How far do you go? Who, who, who are your four right now? So he's 26 in the FedEx Cup ranking, so he could get knocked out of the top 30. So even if he was healthy, he's not playing this week, so he's probably not going to play the Tour Championship. Mm. So Did I don't they know say that, officially that he's not playing? He's not playing this week. He's out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so he's not going to play in the Tour Championship, so he is out. Hmm. That's I don't tough. know. That's that's interesting now. So you're going to get a guy who's coming back from not only a knee injury but also a health scare. What's his energy level? Has he lost weight? What you know? What's going on? Oh, and by the way, he hasn't played to proven that he's. Yeah, I'm. Hey, Cap, I'm good. You know. Yeah, I got this. You just you just then taking him on his word on how healthy he is and how good he feels, and especially you're talking about a guy who was probably going to play. We'll call it four of the five sessions. You know, over three days. Yeah. So um, who? So I we obviously don't think the guy's going to make it. Probably not, based off of where he is right now with everything happening. How far down do you go? Who are your four? Well, there's six really, but yeah. so you got. Xander and Spieth are in. They're going to get captain's picks. They're seven and yeah, eight. Without question. Harris yeah, English. And then, it's, and then it's the Harris English. Cantlay. I think Cantlay's got to make it. Um, you got do Berger. You take, do you take, and really this is where I'm going with this in terms of how far down do you go. Do you take a guy at Webb, like Webb at 13 for the experience? Could. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Kevin Kisner last week. He played absolutely terrible this week and missed the cut. Yeah. Not a course for him either. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I, of those names that we just said, there's no way I'm taking Co-Crack or Sam Burns or Kevin Na over Webb Simpson or Cantlay or Berger. No. So or Scheffler for that matter. Or, or Scheffler. Scheffler. Yeah. Um, I, I it wouldn't I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he if Scheffler is in there, you know. It, I mean, he's obviously, if he plays well this week and jumps himself in that mix, you know, he's right there. I mean, 
he's a tough competitor and a great, probably a great match play player, team player to have. Hits it a long way, can make a ton of birdies. You pair him up with like a Webb Simpson, and <laughs> Webb's just peppering with pars and letting Scotty Scheffler just send it. Telling you, Scheffler, Simpson, Cantlay, English, Spieth, Shoffley. That's a tough team yeah. right there, buddy. Yeah. That's a tough team. Uh, so here's that what is, I would do. That is leaving out burger. That is. Leaving I, that's, out so here's burger. here's what I would do. I got Xander, Spieth. I'm gonna just eliminate Patrick Reed and just assume he's not gonna be healthy enough yeah, and he's gone. he's not an option anymore. So Xander, Spieth, Cantlay, Berger, Simpson, Scheffler. I'm gonna leave off Harris English. English. You're leaving off Harris English. The guy's playing incredible golf right now. He is. You're going to leave off English. Yeah. It's either over, him or Burger. Him English or Burger. Over Burger I got to go English. I, I like Webb because of the experience. I just, I don't know. I like Sheffield, even though he's way down the points list compared to some of these guys. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like Scheffler and Simpson. I think Reed's out. Can't I'm just thinking from a match in. play scenario. I don't know. I would rather, I think I'd rather have Harris. I don't know. I, I mean, I like Daniel. I just, he, he's not. I, I like know. the fact that he's he's good buddies with a lot of these guys, though. I think Harris is too, though. Uh, I mean, you could say you could argue that there's not a huge Sea Island contingent on this team. You know, Berger was a SBK spring break boy with with Spieth and and JT. So Jay, you just went to get a refill on your bourbon. Did you hear my picks? That's what I no. went with. So I'm I'm eliminating Patrick Reed. I'm just going to assume he's not healthy enough to play. Yep. Xander, Spieth, Cantley, Berger, Simpson, Scheffler. Mm. English is out. English is out, and P. Reed's out. And I, I flip I, it. I, would, I throw English in and drop Berger. Same picks, just flip English for Berger. Has, has Berger played... He's been on a President's Cup team before, has he? Not Ryder Cup, though. I believe that's correct. Yeah, he's um, definitely been on President's Cup team. I'm not sure about Ryder Cup. And English has not played on either, either. one of those two events. That's, that's true. I just feel like English has been playing some really good golf as of late. He has. That's a tough one. But I just like I just think from a match place, Berger's a bulldog. And again, I, I just like the, the camaraderie he has with a couple of the guys. I think you could pair him with JT and they'd have a fucking ball out there and they would also ball out because they're going to have so much fun together. They'd, ha they'd have some goofy handshake, you know, look like goofy white guys out there with some handshakes. But um, I don't know. I think be better than uh, Zach Johnson and Phil Mickelson. <laughs> I think uh, I think I think they're going to I think they're going to go pretty much right down the list. It wouldn't surprise me if they went right down the list and and just did it. If if Reed was out, they just went to the thirteenth player and just that would be Webb Simpson. Um, but you know, I think, think Webb's in. I mean, I, I think at this point Webb's in without question. I feel uh, like they never go chalk though. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you look at like okay, they're not going to go chalk. Who are they going? Horschel? No. Kokrak? No. no. Sam Burns? No. Kisner, that's what I mean. Maybe Phil Mickelson. If they pick Phil Mickelson, I'm out. I'm gonna root for the <laughs> Europeans. Never, never watched the, the Ryder Cup ever again. I'm out. 
Um, <laughs> I'm, pulling for, the, I'm pulling for the Euros. <laughs> well, you can believe Phil's going to be there olé, as an assistant olé, olé, olé. of some sorts. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I just I'm going down that list all the way down. The only one that jumps out at me that could have a chance that's kind of a wild card would be Will Zalator. I was just going to say it. Which would be would be insane because he's not even a he's not even a PGA Tour member right now, you know. <laughs> and he's gonna get he would get picked to the Ryder Cup. You're not I mean, going that low. You can't you go that no, low. You won't. I mean, he can't even keep getting FedEx. He can't even move himself up because he couldn't play in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, he's off. because he wasn't a member. So and he had the back injury that he had to bail on, and he had the worst putt in the history of putts. So <laughs> that's, that's not I good. Never <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I don't, I don't see anyone after Scotty Scheffler that that would. It, again, we talked about Kisner. If he had played well to this week and and kept moving up the board, maybe to you know fifteenth place or something like that, then it would be a question. But um, he didn't help himself at all. Um, but yeah, I don't see anyone on that list behind Scotty Scheffler that that you would put in there. The only way that it would change is if one of those one of those guys from you know, 15 to 25 wins. Um, I mean, what, how many points do you get for winning? I don't know how the Ryder Cup points work. Um, I apologize, but I, I, I can probably well, look it we up. Can, we can look it up. So Tony Finau was at 12,721 points. He moved up six spots. So he basically got two uh, 2,000 points, roughly, if you put him back. Where if in twelfth place, where you know where Berger was, um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be somewhere around there. So yeah. the only way yeah, anyone right. could any only way anyone could make a difference and move up there would be, um, yeah, Phil Mickelson and Kevin Na. If they won, they would they would jump up to that you know fifteenth spot. You know, and even at that point, you're like, all right, you're still 15th on the list. But I don't foresee that happening. I don't see Phil Mickelson or Kevin Nye winning. Although Kevin Nye did play well <laughs> as of late. But. Yeah, Mickelson actually just barely got in. He missed a cut this week, but he still got into the BMW top 70. So that's it. Again, I think it's, it's really interesting now with this whole read thing. I think it puts a huge. One, it could be a big weakness for us missing him. Yeah. I won't miss him, but I'll miss him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, again, it's 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 fun to debate, fun to look at. And like I said, what it's the top six will be solidified after this weekend. Yeah. They'll then make the captain's picks after the tour championship. So these guys that don't get in the top six will have the tour championship to impress. Yeah. We shall see. Yep. Um, all right. So a couple other real quick, quick nuggets, I guess, in the world of golf. In a Nordquist wins the uh, AIG Women's Open at Carnoustie. I actually watched a decent amount of this this weekend. I think just because it's so easy to do in the morning and we had it on in the golf shop and uh, Carnoustie looks awesome. Although they got like no wind, no weather. It rained a little bit on Saturday, which is a real bummer. Hell, we got more Lynx style weather out at Bandon than these these players did at Carnoustie. Yeah. 
Carnasty, as some people say, but it didn't seem that nasty. Um, but Anna Nordquist broke a huge drought. Another, We've had a lot of droughts broken this year on multiple tours. Uh, players who haven't won in a while, winning uh, Tony Finau, Anna Nordquist. Her last event, 2017, she won, was a, a major. She's won three majors now. So anyways, I, I, one thing I took away from the weekend, you know, we had the Corn Ferry uh, first round of the Corn Ferry finals. We'll give a shout out to our boy Callum Taron. Has a baby girl. And they interviewed him. So he missed the cut last week. Corn Ferry put this interview out. He missed the cut last week. Flies home because his wife was due last Friday, Friday the 13th. Flies over to England. Is there in time. She has the baby Monday. He gets them, you know, checked out of the hospital on Tuesday, get home, everyone settled, flies back to the States to Boise, Idaho, gets there at one o'clock in the morning, Thursday, no practice round. Oh, really? I didn't no realize practice he got round. there that late. Yeah. And he goes <laughs> out and finishes Didn't have a great day yesterday. Um, shot one over yesterday, yeah. but finishes T26. Friday and Saturday, he shoots 65, 66, I think with maybe one bogey in those two rounds, just played great. And so he's now got himself in position. He's because of some of these guys who are already qualified. He's 17th in points of the non-qualified guys. So again, top yeah. 25 that aren't previously qualified for the PGA tour, uh, get, get their car. But you've also, you got a lot of guys that are PG where you recognize from the PGA tour, Lucas Herbert, was up there, uh, Christian Bezaden Hote. So, um, a bunch of guys that you see in the weekends of the of the PJ Tour were were Mr. Carter down, Patrick Rogers, yeah, down playing with these guys. Kira Grayson Deck, Effie Bonrat. I saw that. So uh, Grayson Sig did win, but I one one thing I took away from it was in in the Women's British Open. I'm not going to say her name, but Madsen. From Denmark, it's like Nana Coerts Madsen is tied going down 18 with Anna Norquist, and the pressure just got to her. Yeah, she was in the intermediate cut, flares an iron 40 yards right, gets into the downslope of the bunker, and then shanks the bunker shot over the yeah. green, makes double. Norquist just has to calmly two putt to win. Then you mm -hmm. look at the Corn Ferry Tour. Going down, I was watching I the last couple thing. holes. Aaron Rye, Ray, Brutal. I'm not sure if I'm going to say that. Like, he had a one-shot lead over Grayson Sig. Sig makes a par, good two-putt. And Rye's got to get up and down from just over the green. Semi-thins his chip. Goes all the way down to the bottom tier. Three putts, makes double, loses. It's like, ooh, there was two instances of people kind of pressure getting to him and just things that you don't normally see. Yeah. And he know. played, he played great. All, I mean, the, all week awesome. and even, even, uh, even on Sunday, I mean, 32, 35 with a double in the last hole. I mean, he was going to shoot 65 with the, had he made a par. Um, I don't know Aaron at all, but I do know Grayson Sig. I played with him on the Canadian tour when he was a rookie out of uh university of Georgia and pretty cool kid. I mean, He's a fun dude and great ball striker. Hits it super sweet. Um, so not surprised that he's obviously going to the PGA Tour, but it is cool to watch, you know, guys that you know get it done. I mean, I'm sure he was just like, 
wow, I just got a gift here. But I mean, he already he had he already had his, his he already had his card. But again, I mean, these guys we talked about it a little bit. You know, the way this works, you have 25 guys on the on the web regular season that earn their their PJ Tour card based on the how they finish for the year long event. And in this case, it was two years because they didn't award any cards at the end of 2020. But you have 20 guys that earn their cards, 25 guys. I'm sorry. And then they do these three, three web uh, tour final playoff events. And some of these guys obviously still play because one, they're playing for more money in these events than they play in the regular season. And two, you can increase your status. So for instance, if you are a guy who finished 25th on the money list in the regular season, if you come out and win the web finals, you move up to number one on that list. So the way the the PJ Tour, they have these different categories in these rankings. Pri- priority rankings, right? Exactly. So you have you have your regular season uh, web dot uh, com guys is one category. Now I'm not sure who ranks higher than the other. I'm not sure if if uh, the web regular season is a higher category than the web finals. But either way, I know they're right next to each other. But if you finish uh first in the regular season and you're first in the web finals it goes one one two two for each one of these categories and that's how they determine who gets in this list or in these events so if you're 25th on the regular season um you know web.com money list you're essentially if you add these two categories together you're like 49th or 50th uh in the you know in terms of getting into these pj tour events so if you take a guy who finished 25th in the regular season, he's like, yeah, I'll play in these three events and try to increase my status and finish, you know, first, second or third and, and get into more events. Uh, so that's why you see all these guys still playing in it. And like I said, on top of that, it's more money. But um, which, it, again, this was what makes this it's so confusing to watch this because, you know, I mean, I, you know, we, we watch golf all the time. And I mean, all different levels. And we all still don't fully understand it sometimes when you're watching it, trying to figure out the points. You're like, so convoluted. Where did, where does he stand? Like, is he going to get his card? Is he not going to get his card? I mean, and that's what makes it so tough for the spectators. You take your average Joe's like, is he in or is he out? Like, I don't know what I'm watching here. Like you need to be able to build it up to, you know, create that drama on, you know, that, that, that tour championship, that final Sunday. Like I want to know. And now they, they do a good job of kind of posting, you know, if the tournament ended right now, this is where the projected, they land, yeah. the projected. So they do a good job with that, but it still sometimes gets a little tough to kind of figure it out. But well, that's like they were saying with Grayson Sig, you know, so he already had his card, but I think they, when they interviewed him, if he wins the finals, he's fully exempt. Right. So he's, yeah. he's his status and his priority goes way up. So it's still yeah. important to him. And then they're trying to also say, well, you know, is it Aaron Ray Rye? You know how to? Am I saying this right? I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure if it's but, Ray. But as a consolation, at least he punched his card. He does, right? Yeah. So if you finished, um, depending upon how it turned out, I think it was anyone who finished T four were better because there was yeah. three guys that finished T four. Essentially, you're going to have enough points to yeah get their card. Right now, yeah. one of them one of them was Steven Yeager, who he won the regular season, so he's already exempt. But if you were T four better and not previously exempt you're going to have enough points no matter how you play the next two. Yeah. Events. I mean, that's, that's what the, the, what you always wanted to finish. If you got into the web finals, all you had to do is finish top five. And unless you miss both of the next two cuts, you were, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So if you get, that's why I was hoping for Callum. He was up there, right. I was like, man, if he could just pull out a top five, he's almost, he's 95% locked it up. 
you know. Yeah, I think he was what T twelve maybe starting the day. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, it's it's a, that was a long week to fly long in week. new new baby. But I will say he's had he'll have three days to rest, relax, and you beware of be weary of the of the uh, the golfer that just had a newborn. They always come out guns a blazing. That's right. So we're we're rooting for him. But I guess the, my my whole take on with the the women's British and, and that event was just man, it's hard to win, right? Yeah. It's hard to win, and that kind of you know we start talking about this was all all happened before Fino wins, and we all know his um, issues, you know, getting it done and closing it. And it's just it's you can play really well for seventy one holes, and then the pressure starts to hit you. The the not like it's ever happened to me, but um, I can tell you from you know trying to make the cut, it gets to you. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you're, it's, I, I think it's everybody. I mean, even if you're winning, winning the golf tournament, you're arguably one of the best players in the world. I mean, it's still important. I don't care what anybody says. Like you, if you put that much time and effort into something, it's going, it's going to hit you. And that's when you have to, you know, kind of play these damn mind tricks with yourself over and over to try to calm yourself down, settle yourself down, focus, you know, focus on what's important, you know. It's hard to do golf. It's just so much time, you know, that's what makes it so hard. I remember, you know, playing like high school sports or whatever, high school football and basketball. I never, I don't ever remember being nervous ever in any of those sporting events. And we won state championships. I mean, end of, end of my high school career with football and basketball coming down to the stretch. I mean, never was nervous because it was the, it was it was all there was time the time element was there it was like you didn't have time to stop and think about it and get nervous but you just react 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 you know but golf you have so much time to sit there and think about it and analyze it and like okay i'm walking to my walking to my ball in the fairway if i get this ball up and down if i make this putt and it's like you keep you know keep going to the next level which is it's great for like a nfl quarterback like tom brady he's one step ahead of everybody else so okay if we do this if i throw this out on this play Gets out of bounds. We have 60 seconds left on the clock. But throw this, blah blah blah. I got a timeout, and you you plot your way around, and that's the way he's so successful. But in golf, you start plotting too far ahead. <laughs> Before you know it, you're like, oh man, I'm really I'm really nervous all of a sudden. You know, it's it's crazy how it works. But um, yeah, that's tough. Fucking hard game. Hard game. Hard so, game. All right, let's uh, easy let's to go. talk about though. Really easy to talk about. Yeah, really that's easy. why I'm, that's why I'm sitting here. So <laughs> let's go to uh, this coming week. So DraftKings is not allowing us to make picks yet because they just found out the field a couple hours ago. So they don't have the rosters and the um, everyone's salary locked in yet. So we can't directly make our teams and squads and, and picks for the week. Jay did. Uh, thanks to Eric Van Royen. Wow, of all people, that was my horse. That was your horse to win it. He uh, he made that quadruple bogey seven today, and I jumped ahead of you because he went way down the leaderboard. And then he hit to like two feet for eagle. Yeah, and I was like, son of a bitch, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> Those eagles are big in DraftKings. <laughs> and and just because he went up the leaderboard and gets the bonus points for finishing higher up the leaderboard mm-hmm. too, um, so that hurt. But so. We get the BMW, and it's at Caves Valley, up in Baltimore, right up the road. Yep, Owings Mill. Yep, 
uh, new venue. It has caves has hosted a couple events, a couple senior events, um, LPGA event. Believe it or not, I've never played there. I've been there for a teaching coaching seminar thing, but I never actually played the golf course. Have either of you played it? I I've been there one time. I went to go watch John Scott play in the NCAA national championship and I watched Kevin Kisner and those guys win the title. They were coming off the, the last green. Um, I've been to the property, um, but never played. It looks incredible. Everyone says it's awesome. Big, open, be- beautiful rolling hills, lots of you know, big, tall trees, a big landscape. I think they may have cut some trees down like everybody's doing these days. Where are the tree huggers? Everyone's just cutting trees down. I mean, hey. Oakmont, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, they got no trees on no the trees whole anymore. property. Thousands of trees they took down. A lot of them they took down in the darkness of night, which is the best part of the story. They didn't tell the members and they just went in there and come down. But like you look at Congressional, right? They just had a big renovation. Andrew Green, who has done some work at the foundry, they cut down every tree. It looks unbelievable. So I don't, I'm not a fan of trees and golf courses. You know, like, like Scott Malden, our superintendent says, there's no trees on sod farms and there's no sod on tree farms. So you can't have, you can't have both. He's, he says he's in the he's in the grass growing business, not the tree growing business. Exactly. <laughs> Which I get. I get as a superintendent, it, it's a it's a headache and it's a pain in the pain in the butt for him. But from an aesthetic standpoint, it is if you get some big, tall, nice oak trees in the northeast, gosh, man, it just sucks to cut those beautiful trees down. Yeah. I hate it. But I get it. I get it. So I do know they've they've put some work into the golf course or put some, not like it needed much, but they did do some, some things. They put some more length on it, um, some new bunkers, restored some bunkers, uh, did some other things to the golf course just to kind of get ready for this event. But it's going to play, probably going to play soft. I mean, it's rained a ton in this area recently. It's not going to rain much, at least here in Richmond this week. I'm not sure about Baltimore, but supposed to be hot here so it should dry up a little bit but i mean it's tipping out at 7500 yards so they can play it as a big boy ballpark uh fazio design so it'll be cool it'll be cool to see on tv again it is just a beautiful beautiful place and uh i'll be curious to see how these guys these guys play it so who, who are some guys you got your your eye on this week you know it's Here's someone who I don't have. I have my eye on, but he's not going to contend. But I'm interested to hear Colin Morikawa missed the cut, and then it came out that he's been fighting an injury. Yeah, back injury. I wish I had known that before I picked his ass. Yeah, me too. And so they're they're worried. Some guys are worried about him changing his swing because of the back issues, and that's why he hit the ball so poorly this past week. And I guess it was kind of an issue that started a couple of weeks ago. And they think it's his, his back is actually slightly better now, but his swing is messed up because when he was trying to play through the back pain a couple of weeks yeah. ago. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that guy never misses a cut, and and to see him miss one, yeah. fucked my DraftKings team. But <laughs> it, you know, he's also one of my favorite players. So you want him, you want him healthy because I feel like he's a great guy at. He'd be a great guy at East Lake. Yeah, yeah, you know. I agree. And so he went from one in the standings all the way down to sixth. So that's going to hurt him in the net event at the tour championship. He's going to be six shots behind if he doesn't play well this week. Yeah. So, um, um, I mean, I'm looking obviously down the list of the guys. I, it's hard not to put John Rom up there. I, I, he's playing too well. I mean, I know he didn't win this week, but 
He's defending champion. Granted, he's, different de- well, he's defending champion. It was at a different golf course, but he is the defending champion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, there's no, I, there's no reason that this guy wouldn't contend. Um, and I, and Shoffley, I, I, I would put him up there and I, I feel like Justin Thomas has kind of fallen into a little bit, a little bit better form. And I feel like this that's who area, I have my eye on this week is Thomas. This, this area kind of, he plays well up here. You know, I say up here, but I know it's in Maryland, but I, I don't know. I've, I've just had a feeling he's, he kind of likes this style of golf course. Um, I, I'm, I'm skipping over DeChambeau again. I think he's really struggling right now. I think he's, he's, his mind is not in the right place for golf. Like, I just think he is, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to question a guy. I know you, you love him or love him or hate him, you know, whatever. He's a very inquisitive mind. He's always trying to get better. He's always trying to push the envelope, which I respect. He's a little bit of a weird guy, but I think his focus right now is not on playing the best golf. I think it's on things that are maybe detrimental to him being the best golfer that he can be. So I don't, I don't see him playing well. I, I hope so I'm here's, wrong. Here's but. something, some weird about you're talking about him not being in the right place, you know, frame of mind. He's dodging the media. He doesn't want to talk to the media. He's now been, I was just reading here from, from Amy Lynch put out another article uh, this weekend, Friday, marked the sixth consecutive round, which he did not, he declined to speak to reporters after that's he's, strange that he's you know he almost knows that he says dumb shit and then it comes back to him and he's got to answer more questions and i think that's starting to affect his play even yeah some of the scrutiny he's getting is is getting to him and it's and it's yeah it's, it's like i'm out i'm out i'm not gonna talk to you guys yeah. and i'm not sure that's good sometimes i think you almost need to just hash it out with the media whether you like him or not yeah. you know Speak your mind at least, yeah, and and get it off your chest or whatever. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, so we shall see. Uh, one, uh, and I'll let you guys comment. I'll I'll throw a couple more names out there that I'm I'm looking at. Um, I like Victor Hovland. Um, I don't know. I just like the guy. But if he gets, he, a, if he gets a new putter, if he gets a new putter, I do. I just I like him. I think he's gonna. Wedges. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play well. Um, What'd you say, McLean? And then, Get the guy some wedges. Well, I yeah, just made that comment because he broke his putter today. He was putting with his wedge. He broke his putter today. He broke his putter today. He was putting with the best contact he's ever made with a wedge. He was putting with his wedge on the back nine. You know what? I like him even more now because now he's got a different <laughs> putter, a different look. I really like him now. He's gonna play well. Rory, I'm not. I'm not super excited about. I think. He, it's kind of the same thing with DeChambeau. Not on purpose, though. I just think he's just something's off him, with him from a mindset standpoint. He's just he's off, and he's got to play he, well. He's twenty eighth in the points. He's got to play well. He's got to play well to get to the Tour Championship, which that that would probably spark him to have a good week. I do like Hideki Matsuyama on a soft golf course. Um, I like him. He hits it so high, and so he. I think he. I think he'll play well. Uh, on the soft golf course, just because with, with his driver, I feel like he's going to, he'll pan it out, pound it out there. And he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of roll off of his, uh, his tee ball anyway. So I feel like he'll, he'll make up some distance there. Um, but the, I mean, Tony Finau up at the top, uh, obviously played well. I, this is my, my sleeper. Um, at, it's, it's hard to say sleeper, Adam Scott, 
but he missed the cut this past week. Played well the week prior, but you love Adam he, Scott. He's played. He loves Maryland. I think he's won the. I don't know how many times he's won the. Uh, it used to be the Booz Allen. Used to be the Kemper, and then it was what it's changed names a thousand times. But he and you go back to these different events played in the DC area. He always seems to play well up here. I don't know what it is. If it's the grass, if it's the air, but he plays well. So it would not surprise me if he had a good week, especially um, coming off of a, a missed cut like that. He's going to be motivated. So that's my take. For the, I for like the, it. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a couple names down the board. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say Finau, Rom, Cam Smith, Cantley, JT. Um, <laughs> Well, those are those are obvious guys. Some guys that have been playing well and just played well this past week to keep an eye on. Corey Connors had a good weekend. Yep. Made a nice little move up the board. Um Keegan Bradley had a good event, has moved up the rankings. He's got to again got to play well. I, I have a feeling I, I kind of like him on a this kind of style golf course. Who is that? Keegan. Keegan. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of bomb it. If it's soft, he can just fire the flag right at the flag so yeah. and, and hit there. Because um, he's kind of a lower lower ball hitter with his irons. Yeah, and so if the greens are receptive, I, th- I think I like him this week. Um, How about Van Royen? I was going to say he's he's playing well. Shane uh, Shane Lowry shot sixty two yeah. the other day. Made a good leap up the board on the rankings. You know, just especially some guys too that are in striking distance of that. Yeah. You know, top thirty that have to have a good week. They don't have to have a great week. But how about how about my boy Tom Hoagie? Goes from one hundred eight to what forty eight. That's a huge jump. If he has one, if he if he can if he can finish in the top twenty this week, I think that gets him into the the tour championship. I mean, that'd that be a be... big. That's a big jump for him. I don't think he's made the tour championship before. If he has, only once. Yeah, I mean, him um, and Keith Mitchell had the biggest biggest jumps. Keith Mitchell was 101, got all the way to 63rd. But, um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to pick, you know, not knowing no track record. We've had a couple of events like that this year. Yeah, yeah, not knowing how the golf course is going to play. No one's played at the before. No horses for courses. My man Seamus Power made a bogey on 18 today and knocked himself out. Oh, he didn't get into the. No, he bogeyed. Or it was the ninth hole. It was his eighteenth hole today. Oh, made bogey. Fucking fucking Seamus. Do you you think uh, Dustin Johnson rebounds? He he's been kind of all over the place. I don't know what to think of him week to week anymore. He's an obvious guy that could. I mean, he's an obvious pick of someone who's going to play well. You feel like could play well. Because we know he can play well any week, but right now he seems like there's just something a little off. But at the same time, he can put it together in a heartbeat. He could easily play well this week. I'm looking at guys more like Justin Thomas and Cameron Smith. Um, I think both of those guys are going to play very well. I think Cameron Smith's going to shake off that drive, put himself right back in contention this week. Um, and I like my dark horse pick down there at uh, Corey Connors. Mikey already mentioned him. Uh, yeah, he ate this week, thirteen under. I think he's played some pretty solid golf this year, all things considered. And I think he's someone that could easily sneak into the winner's circle. He just needs a couple of things to go his way. He's putting himself there. He's get, he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable now. He just needs to go ahead and close one out. Yeah, 
Well, I, I I agree. I agree. So yeah, he's Corey had Thomas eight eight top player. tens this year. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Um, it's always fun to watch these guys play different golf courses. Sometimes it feels like it's a little little the same every year when you're watching some of these golf courses over and over and over again. And I think with them not really knowing him as well and they can't sleepwalk through and then just the whole factor that's the playoffs and you gotta everybody wants to get to east lake in the top 30 so there'll yeah. be some some good I, drama i will say that anytime you go to a new golf course um just pick the best you, players you pick the you got you pick the guys who are playing the best so that's why i mean again why we mentioned those guys so if they're playing that good they they have so much confidence going in. Other guys have never seen the course either. So you're like, all right, you've got a leg up. If you've got control over your ball, you know, then you got to put those guys at the top. So um, I would, you know, again, the guys that we saw on, on the weekend, the top the guys finished in the top five, Cam Smith, Finau, Rom, you know, even Shoffley was down not too far off. I mean, did he finish top 10? I think he finished top 10 or close to it. It was close to it. But you got to put those guys, you got to put those guys up at the top, you know. Because they uh, obviously they're playing well, and I mean all these guys have good caddies. So, but they don't have like most of these players will have good caddies, but they also will really rely on past memory. Of course, is um, that's how they they gain some confidence too. So, if, if no one has that, you just got to go with the guys who are who are playing the best golf. Uh, Shafley finished t sixteen, t sixteen, and he was he was actually just one under on the weekend. Really? He uh, actually, other than the, he had one good round. He shot 70, 62, 70, 71. Yeah. 62 had two Eagles. That was pretty good. Hey, did you see your boy, Jordan Spieth, back-to-back holeouts for Eagle the other day on Friday? What a crazy. Rare stat he pulled off this week. Never been done before. Back-to-back holes with Eagles and back-to-back holes with triples. Did you see his round today? Yeah, he tripled nine and ten today. And then ro- rattles off birdies at like 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. That's crazy. Shoots 79 today. Yeah. Um, Four or five birdies in a row to shoot some, 79. And uh, he might not have had enough supply of breast milk. He wasn't prepared for the Monday finish. That's right. <laughs> Where is Tom when we need him? I know. We need some firepower. <laughs> uh, but all right, gents, you got anything else? No, I think uh, I will say one thing. Uh, I know it doesn't. It's not even a prediction, but I feel like John Rom rebounds and wins this week. And if he doesn't win, Justin Thomas does it. Way to go out on a limb. I mean, that's not, it's not a limb, but I will. I mean, in picking the winner of a week, I don't care who it is. I don't You're fucking care. hugging the trunk of the tree. Never mind the limb. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I, it is what it is. I mean, follow what it is. I mean, if you, if you pick the winner before the week starts, then you're, that's awesome. So, I mean, I think he, I think he gets it done. I think he rebounds and wins. But, and it, like I said, if he doesn't do it, I think Justin Thomas is right behind him. I, I like those two guys. They'd be up there. So, yeah. So please get your pet spayed or neutered. Help there you go, Bob population. Barker. Thank you. <laughs> All right, boys. That was fun. All right, fellas. All right, guys. Cheers. Later.